why aren't we getting through to guys with these other apps and these other approaches? Mm -hmm. And how do we get through to more? And so we decided to launch Mental and kicked it off, did a lot of research. Fortunately, there's a massive amount of research in this space. And we just launched the first version of our app a few months ago. This is a Therapy for Dads podcast. I am your host. My name is Travis. I'm a therapist, a dad, a husband. Here at Therapy for Dads, we provide content around the integration of holistic mental health, well-researched evidence-based education, and parenthood. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. I'm very excited to have this guest on, Anson. And hey, how you doing, man? How are things? Doing great. Happy to be here. I'm stoked to have you on. And we're going to jump into this conversation, and it's. I think it's going to be very informative for both, both really all my listeners, men and women. One, if you're if you're a spouse listening to this with a partner, with a husband, and you're like, hey, you know, how do we, maybe you're struggling with how do I reach my husband or my partner or my dad or my brother or something like that, and maybe why you think they might or should go to quote-unquote therapy or get skills or things like that and not sure how to have a conversation or what to do. Um, or if you're a guy and you're still kind of figuring this out and kind of feeling this out, I think this conversation will be really rich for you, informative, and might also lead you down a path of more questions. Um, it might bring some clarity. It might also lead you to actually use a pretty cool app that we're talking about today, or at least a part of the conversation today. And, and so for that reason, I'm excited to have Anson on to talk about this. And so what this conversation is really about is kind of the, the why and the story and kind of some of the research about really the world's first men's mental health app, correct me if I'm wrong, app called Mental, which Anson is, well, who are you, Anson, when it, when it comes relation to, to, to Mental? Like, who, what's your role in this, in this app? Yeah, I am the founder and CEO of Mental. Okay, founder and CEO. Yeah, so, co-founder, co-founder. Co-founder, co-founder. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Because the other co-founder is someone else that we don't want Tyler. to. Yeah, Tyler, yeah I'll yes. talk about him a little we'll later. We'll talk about Tyler, yeah. good. So so let's, can we hear a little bit about the story of like, you know, what what's the history of this app starting and a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I, in many ways, Mental is the culmination of my work, my career to date. When I was 19, my uncle had been living with us to help us through some hard times, and he killed himself. Hmm. It motivated me to go on to get my PhD in neuroscience. I wanted to understand why people like my uncle couldn't let go of his childhood and how that ultimately led to depression and then suicide. I ended up out at Stanford doing research for my postdoc with one of the world's most famous clinical psychologists, uh, focused on mood disorders like depression and anxiety. Around that point in time, my cousin, other side of the family also killed himself. And he'd actually reach out to me a few days beforehand, which I only later realized was a call for help. And mm. I unfortunately didn't get back to him in time. About a week or so later at his funeral, just kind of a cold, gray Minnesota suburb. It wasn't really even around the town. And we're standing outside the funeral home and a group of 30 to 40 people marched by. And what was just a wild and surreal coincidence, they were holding up signs, marching and protesting against the suicide rate, the suicide crisis in this country. They didn't know my cousin. None of us knew them. But we all knew at that point that we we're just not doing enough in this country to address suicide. And around that point in my academic career, I was, you know, I was lined up with on-site interviews to be a professor and end up deciding to leave academia. And one of the reasons, there's multiple, but one was that academia just moves very slow. 
we had discovered so many different reasons and causes for mental illness, but we were just doing so little to scale up its solutions. And mm. that was a problem to me. It's part of the reason why I went on to become a founding team member of the app Calm. My co-founder, Tyler, who I referred to earlier, uh, he was a founding engineer. I was the founding data scientist. He was like their first hire and I was like employee number 10. And when we started Calm, most people thought that meditation was just very niche. In fact, we had a hard time getting investors because they said, hey, this is only something that is done in college campuses and at like Burning Man. <laughs> but over the next five or so years, we got millions of people into meditation. Mm. And, and maybe you don't meditate, but I think compared to 2017, 2016, you at least now know that it's a tool there that can help you. And it wasn't that way not that long ago. And so I think we had a massive positive impact on the world through our work at Calm. Hmm. The problem though, was that we struggled to get through to guys. We did make changes, little tweaks to see if we could, but it's insufficient and hmm. it's not surprising. You look at the app space, there's one report saying there's 10 to 20,000 mental health apps out there and they're hmm. basically all either built explicitly for women or a kind of general audience. And even the general audience tools out there, they tend to have 3x more women than men using them. And the issue is, is that men are 80% of suicides. Mm. So if we don't figure out a way to get through to guys, we're never going to resolve the suicide crisis. It's mm. absolutely critical that we find ways to connect with men. So my co-founder and I both left Calm at similar times on sabbaticals after it was actually like a $2 billion plus business. So it was quite the ride. It took some time off and and with a little time to reflect, I was like, this is really what we need to do. No one is figuring out how to connect with guys. And we just need to start from the ground up, really rethink this. And why aren't we getting through to guys with these other apps and these other approaches? Mm -hmm. And how do we get through to more? And so we decided to launch Mental and kicked it off, did a lot of research. Fortunately, there's a massive amount of research in this space. And we just launched the first version of our app a few months ago. And I've been actually using it since Heck the yeah. past month or so, I think. <laughs> so, I mean, this story, first of all, going back to what you said, I mean, I'm, and I know we've talked offline about this and, and that's, I mean, awful for anyone to lose someone they love to, to suicide. Of course, that's awful and tragic. And, and I'm, you know, I know I'm not your therapist, but that, I'm so sorry for those losses in your life and so close together and just people that you cared for. And, and I know that for you, that started your journey and becoming kind of where you are today but regardless, that's just, we should not be having this type of, like you said, that this, this rate of, of men taking their lives and how do we help them and kind of this, obviously this story is extremely close and personal to you as well as just to our world and needing more, right? And it's, it's, there's just not enough, I would say. And there's, I think part of this is, and, and I think this might be the next thing is I think there's still a lot of stigma around mental health. There's still so much, there's done a week that goes by or if I get a, you know, you know, if I get 10 guys in my office new a week, I'd say at least half, mi minimum at least half, if not more, would are struggling with some level of stigma around even coming in and talking and getting help for what they're going through and may not even have language, language or understanding as to what they're experiencing. They just know that maybe they're drinking a lot or <laughs> frustrated or, or numb or, you know, can't seem to shut their mind off or, you know, it's stuff like that that I tend to hear quite, quite regularly, but don't really know what's going on not having the language for it 
That's I recently watched a video. It was an interview of The Rock, the actor. Hmm. And he talked about how some years back he reached out for help because he was really struggling. He didn't say suicidal, but it seemed hmm. to be kind of implied. And he told a story about earlier on how he went through a period and struggled. And, and he's gone through a few of these periods. And this was the first time he reached out and talked to somebody. And I saw other people posting and sharing about it. And the main take-home point people are having is, hey, if you're going through something, reach out, talk to somebody. And that is... Therein lies the to- problem. <laughs> it, it totally is. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's something you need to do. It's very effective. And if you're in that state, please reach out and talk to somebody. Totally. But the issue is when I look at the situation is the first time uh, he was going through something that was really bad, he didn't have words for it. He didn't even know he was depressed. And that's what he said. He didn't even know it was depression. He just was going through some stressors and some problems. And he didn't know the way he was approaching his mental space was something you call depression. And so it's hard to get someone to reach out if you are, they don't even have words and don't understand where they're at in the first place. And I think there's a whole bunch of different barriers there. And, and when you talk about guys dealing with stigma and being able to come in to therapy for mm. the first time, well, that's because it's a really big step for a lot of guys. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of what we're building ourselves around is instead of just, hey, reach out to someone, talk to someone, go to therapy, which are is fantastic advice. Whereas, a lot of men aren't there. I think that's the issue. Like yep. going back to what I said earlier, the main issue with the rock reaching out is that a lot of men in that place, they wouldn't reach out because to reach out is to go very much against the conditioning of what it means to be a man. Like the classic, like kind of unbalanced, hyper-masculine, rigid box of you don't reach out, right? Because to reach out means weakness, vulnerable, all these things that they've been conditioned not to. And so a lot of men won't even do that phone call or, right, why would I do that? I mean, that's what I've seen even and research shows us, and anecdotally, I've seen this quite often. What do you say? Yeah, I, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of barriers there. And the last step is reaching out. But yeah, it could be, you don't have words. You don't understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. You don't realize that there are the tools available, that they actually will help you. You're not mm-hmm. convinced of that. You have, you maybe do feel embarrassed based on your idea of masculinity, of reaching out. You, there, there's the stigma around it. Or maybe in the past, you have been vulnerable and there's been repercussions around it. So you actually don't feel safe, not right. because you have some weird view, but because you've learned that. And so you actually yeah. have to overcome some trauma in order to reach out. And, mm-hmm. and to me, that's kind of when I look at cultural conversation around men's health, they're so often simplistic. They maybe have good messages, reach out to talk to someone, go to therapy. But if you actually understand where guys are going mm-hmm. through, you realize they're multifaceted and these kind of simple campaigns, maybe the reason they're not working is I don't think they're working very well. The suicide crisis has been going on for a long time and is now at an all-time high. Maybe there's something else we need to be doing. We need to be approaching the problem a little bit differently. And mm-hmm. to me, a key part of that is thinking about this in a more nuanced way, trying yeah. to understand guys. Where are they at? What are all the blockers? If they actually get into a crisis state and you want them to reach out to help, why why is that so hard? Yeah. And what can we do to get them in a different place so that if they do hit a crisis point, that they actually 
find it to be a good solution to reach out and talk to a therapist, to reach out and talk to friends and admit what's going through. And I, I believe we can get there. I just think we bit different of approach. I think the cultural conversation that's happening with guys is, is failing them. I mean, it's just, we shouldn't have this high of suicide rate. And when you think of the current cultural conversation, like what, whether this is anecdotal research or, re- you know, I guess hard data research, because I know that you, part of well, a reason why I wanted to have you on, among others, one, because you're, I think, just, we connected and you're kind of rad. Well, not kind of, you are <laughs> rad. And, but I think that you, you also have a, you're trying to understand the research, but also take it and make it applicable to day-to-day, like real life. Like, okay, how do we understand this research and how do we take this information, which is helpful, but sometimes doesn't always necessarily translate practically. And so how do we process, chew on this, whatever you want to call it, and make it applicable? So with that, from the cultural conversation, is there like what you're seeing? Is there like one or two things that are really like, yeah, this this is maybe actually impeding the transition or creating more of a gap than actually being helpful. Like, is there anything like that you, that you're noticing? Um, uh, I mean, the cultural conversation you see in the newspapers on a daily basis is mostly around masculinity. And but there really is, I feel like there's kind of two sides to this debate, and we call one side the better eat your veggies side. And it is like, men, uh, be vulnerable, share your feelings, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Great advice, research based. You should do that. The problem is, is that for a lot of guys, like we just said, that's not connecting. And if you don't connect and guys don't use the tools available, then you don't make a difference. So it's not actually, it's not helping. Mm. The other side is, hey, everyone should just go back to being John Wayne, the cowboy oh, out there. The, the, you know? the pendulum the other yeah. way. Like just, yeah, just go traditional masculinity. Yeah. yeah. He'll know everything they're saying. That's but the thing is, we don't live in an environment where it's the fastest draw with a six shooter is the one who survives. I mean, out there on the plains in olden times, it maybe was sensible to yeah. be a mean bastard who was just focused on themselves and right. because that's how you survived. Right. And that's, that's probably how you actually made it past the age of 20, right? It's yeah, probably right? that as you had to, not because of you maybe wanted to, but because there was no other really option. Yeah. yeah. And now it's, it's just not that way. Modern yeah. pressures are very different. Yeah. If you're going to succeed in modern society, you need to know how to collaborate, how to build mm. up teams. You need to know how to handle companies trying to compete for your nonstop attention and mm. feeding you a load of mental poison. You, you need ways to like yeah. to handle modern pressures. And mm. so if you don't figure out ways to kind of level up your mind to handle modern society, you are going to struggle. So mm. it's become clear guys need to be able to approach things differently than they did 50, 100 years ago. Yeah. And so what is that? And so that, that, that side of the argument clearly fails as well because they're presenting a model that just doesn't work. And when I look at it, going back to you know, the better eat your veggies side is to me, you know, if I, maybe if I'm you know, with your audience, they're probably guys who have tried therapy and maybe do resonate with it. And so they're on board with it. But if you mm-hmm. take guys who aren't, aren't on a board and yeah, are yeah. resistant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you say, hey, mental health, the one way to deal with it is therapy and emotional vulnerability. That's your option. And guys don't resonate. They go, well, I guess there's no options for me. Right. So they do nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the end of the journey for them. And then they're right. miserable. And they get to a place where maybe they have at a crisis point in a dark spot. It's mm. a really big chasm to cross reach out for help. If you've never done any work on your mind, on leveling up your mindset, that's yeah. a big chasm. Mm. But when I look at the science out there and I look at the whole space, is therapy 
uh, an emotional vulnerability the only tool there? No, mm-hmm. I, it just it just isn't. It's is an extremely effective tool, but it's one of many tools. And there are all these other tools out there that guys are much more open to. Mm. Uh, so tools around, for example, neuroscience-based tools to change your autonomic response to stress. How do you, there are all kinds of ways to improve your, how you handle stress, how Mm. you change your self-talk that don't require first focusing on emotions. So you could often kind of skip the emotional vulnerability and other bit and do other stuff first. And you see, Hey, that was impactful for me. Yeah. And then maybe later on, once you start seeing that these tools are working for you, then it kind of starts opening up your mind to this possibility of, well, these mental tools work for me in this situation. Mm. I have a slightly different situation going on. It's a little bit more complex. Maybe I'll try on a different tool. Maybe yeah. therapy is the one that's right for me in this situation. But you get to a point where it becomes a lot easier to get people to do therapy when it is hmm. the right tool, the best tool for them in that situation. Yeah. But it, it's like speaking more to some of these tools, it's, you know, so many problems that guys have, guys and women, everyone is around lifestyle. Hmm. I, there's a recent meta-analysis that showed probably the single most effective thing you could do to improve your mental health is exercise reliably. Mm-hmm. And so say you're struggling with mental health, and you decide therapy's not right for me, so you do nothing. But if you don't exercise, <laughs> say you tried exercising first, and then you feel better. Maybe, you're, maybe your problem's solved. Maybe you're happier, and that leads to upward cycle versus a downward cycle, and that is mm. where we're often at mentally. If you can start finding ways to move upwards, mm. it tends to get going and you spiral upwards. Yeah. And if you do exercise and it doesn't work for you, well, then maybe... There's other lifestyle tools out there. For example, maybe you need to put your phone down and start hanging out with friends. Maybe you shouldn't be looking at TikTok and social media all night and news, which creates lots of negative emotions and people. Sure. Maybe you should read books. There's so many different ways. Maybe you should be eating better, trying to improve your sleep. There's so many different things you could do that can improve your mental health. And actually, I think really good therapists out there, they often usually start by talking about yep. what's what's going on with your lifestyle. Let's try to fix those things and then yep. we can go deeper with other stuff. So yep. totally. I agree. Pool. I mean it's like the biopsychosocial theory, right? Essentially as I examine, you know, the categories of a guy. I mean, I fully do that. My assessment is looking yeah. at, okay, well, how are you taking care of these categories? Like, you know, what are you doing physically? What are you doing, you know, intellectually, socially, spiritually? Are you okay. what is that what does balance or health look like in these categories? And often I'm what I'll find with a lot of men is that there's a lack of or high imbalance in a lot of these categories. You know, they're working a lot, you know, but they're not sleeping well, they're not eating well, they're not physically active, they're, they have no social connections really deep, you know, there's nothing. And so yeah. it's starting yeah. there. And then, then you know, maybe I do more deeper work as I get their buy-in and stuff. And and, and uh, I agree with you. I think a lot of men, some men are ready to stop, jump into the emotions, but often those men are the ones that they already got the buy-in. They're, they, they're, they're not, they don't need convincing to do the, 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 the meditation or use the calm app or like they're ready. They're, they're, they know that maybe they've dealt with some stuff, but they're already, they're in a place of they're beyond contemplation, right? <laughs> or pre-contemplation. They're in a state of change and like, yep, I know I need this and I know I've had some stuff, but I'm ready. And, but like you said, the other guys, it's, it is getting them in the door. And, and anecdotally, what I see with those guys, it's often an ultimatum. It's often, and, and which understandably so often it's in a marriage or partnership. It's like, well, I'm, we're divorcing or separation unless you get help, right? It's, it's stuff like that or, or you're drinking too much and you need help. And, and it's often bringing them in by a partner. And I'm not saying that's 
because often the partner is struggling and there's a real reason, but often it's like they won't go unless it's kind of like that crisis of like, <laughs> there's a crisis and something's about to change. And then there's like kind of a little bit of a wake up call of, oh, I should maybe go do this. And and even then it's hard because sometimes they might come for one or two sessions then they, and then they disappear again because it's like, well, then that's not for me. And then, and mm-hmm. you know, how do you reach those guys and get their buy-in? And that sometimes, it's not always easy, you know, even as a, you know, obviously as a male therapist, I do get more men coming to me because I'm a male. But other times too, I think what I've seen anecdotally for other men being a male therapist is that I might even be a barrier for initially where they are because now I'm a guy. And then that could be a, a block because it's breaking a code, right? It's like, I'm, why would I, I don't want another guy knowing that I'm weak by doing this. And he might even see me as weak for even being a therapist, right? So there might even be that type of like internal bias Except I've had that happen where it's like, no, nah, you know, I'm not going to do that because this yeah. is kind of going up against the barriers. So there's it's just it's so tough. much there. there is, and there's a lot of layers, right? There's depending on the guy's story and there's what was his upbringing. Like, and I think you hit on a point that's so key to earlier about asking for help. And maybe they did at one point, but they learned that people really aren't dependable and they learned that people aren't safe. And they learned that you don't ask for help because asking for help actually get more pain and suffering and you get either explicitly told or implicitly told by parents, by caregivers, by coaches, by school systems, by whatever, or friends at school, don't do that. And so why in the heck would I reach out now, even if I know something's wrong? Why would I do that? Like that That's yeah. a threat to the... Ner- and something I, I'm doing is it's a threat to the nervous system, right? Survival would say, no, that that's not even an option. Survival would say, do what you've been doing, disassociating, disconnecting, working, whatever, to like keep going. Because that that's not an option, and you haven't built trust that that the tools that are available, that the solutions that are out there, that they will help you. Yeah. And you're going from I never use them, I have no trust. This is kind of unsafe thing for me to do, and it's like no, just do it. And, and guys get ultimatums, or they get shamed into doing it. Like everyone needs good oh, yeah. therapy. And, but if instead you kind of start a little smaller, and it's like, hey, like therapy can help you understand lifestyle issues and, and help with behavioral change. And it's awesome that you start that way, but you could potentially, you could do that outside of therapy. Oh, totally. You know, oh, like yeah, absolutely. Mental is, is in a lot of ways geared around that. How do we get you to start doing some smaller things? And it's, and it's small, it's done on your own. You don't, mm-hmm. you're not doing therapy. You're not diving into your emotions. There's no, you don't have to go deep. You're just doing small steps that get you moving. Mm-hmm. And what happens is like, Guys come into our app, we ask them at the beginning, how stressed are you? And hmm. guys are really stressed. We ask them a month later, how stressed are you? And we're seeing like up to 40% decrease in stress levels. Hmm. Just from doing a tiny bit different of a morning routine. And that's enough to see this huge drop yeah. in stress levels from like very extremely stressed down to like kind of stressed. And, and the thing is, is like, if you get guys to do that, well, then you build trust. Because they're mm. like, oh, the tools that are out there from neuroscience and psych literature, et cetera, hey, they do help. This shift in mindset, it actually does make me happier. I feel like I'm living a little bit better of a life. I, I want to have a, had a taste of it and I want a little bit more of it. And mm. so they're willing to go as so you've built up trust. And, and to me, that's like people have asked me, oh, is mental an app for guys who are, you know, in a suicidal crisis? And, and it's just, it isn't. I don't think apps are well suited to handle crisis state. You do need to talk to someone in person. You need hands-on help. But the way we are getting at it is very much how we respond in society is like we're very reactive with mental health. Mm-hmm. With physical health, we're, we're different. You know, if you have a heart attack, yeah, sure, we'll treat you. But the ways we've really made progress is by figuring out what are the causes of heart attacks 
and we treat those ahead of time so that you never have that heart attack. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking about doing this forever in the psychology field, but we're still very reactive. I do think that if you move upstream, you meet guys where they're at when they're doing okay, or maybe even excelling, they're doing better than that okay. We all still, even if we're doing awesome, we have big stressors in our life. There are always things we're under pressure with. If we could find better ways to handle those stressors with different mental tools by training our mind, well, then we level ourselves up. We become the best versions of ourselves. We live a life of more meaning. Mm -hmm. We excel in our careers. It really helps us get ahead. And that's really where we're trying to meet people and teach them the tools, how to just level themselves up and hit excel versus trying to reach guys who are in this danger zone, they're struggling and how to just help them get back to normal. That's not really where we're at. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, though, is... The guys who use these mental tools and they train their mind and learn this stuff while they're doing okay or better, they're going to be less likely to fall through the gaps if someone goes wrong. If they hit a crisis state, they go through a divorce or something of that sort. The other thing is the guys who do fall through the cracks and do hit a crisis state anyway, well, we've built up trust that these Mm -hmm. tools do work. So then... It's not this huge chasm you have to cross. It's instead of small bridge of like, mm. oh, these tools worked when I was in that state. I'm somewhere a little darker right now. Maybe I'll use a different tool, which is a therapist in this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to reach out to them. Yeah. And that that's where I believe we really see the change. Like we need to address all the stuff ahead of time that mm. is preventing men from following the advice of just go to therapy or mm. just reach out when you're in that spot. We need to get ahead of that. Yeah. And I like that, that, that and I, I totally agree. I think in a lot of ways, I'm thinking of some other things about getting upstream ahead of time and, and providing some level some level of education and understanding mm-hmm. about these tools, right? Because I think part of it is it's just not part of the conversation. Among other things, right? I'm even thinking of, you know, as, as a dad, right? As a quick little sidestep is that even understanding like the birthing process or complications that could happen at birth or a child, it's like that stuff, it's not in the typical conversation that you're trained in in school. Or like, I feel like in some ways, a lot of our education system, again, total sidestep, but also I think very much aligned with this is that there's a lot of things that we're learning in school that in some ways aren't really setting you up for life. And some things that I think would be more beneficial to learn in school as part of our education that would prep us to be more healthy in life, like mental wellness or having kids, like these things that until you get there and even then it's like, where do you start to get the education? Cause I think so much of it is no. just a lack of understanding, a lack of a grid or framework of what it, what's considered well or normal because it's just, so you experience this thing and you're like, I don't know what to do. So you do what you know how to do, whatever that might be just to get through it, whether it's yeah. healthy or not, it's your bot, your body just finds a way, which is pretty incredible by the way, the what the mind does that people are very resilient when they get through now, it's not always effective long-term, but we, we find a way. And so I think with this, I'm thinking mental health is like, yeah, I agree. Well, how do we get upstream? And now for a short break. So if you're looking for ways to support the show and my YouTube channel, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. There you can make a one-time donation or join the monthly subscription service to support all that I'm doing at the intersection of fatherhood and mental health. And all the proceeds go right back into all the work that I'm doing into production, into continue to grow the show to bring on new guests. So again, head on over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash therapy for dads. Thanks. And let's get back to the show. So what, you know, if, if, if 
Anson had his way, if he could like, you know, snap his finger and, and be more upstream, what is like one thing that you would, that you can see in a way society, obviously on top of the mental lab, which we'll talk more about, but on top <laughs> of mental, what else could you see that, wow, I think this, if we could change this thing, I could see this being a pretty significant aid in this upstream process. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, just kind of speaking off of what you just said, it is kind of amazing that there isn't education around mental health and the different mm -hmm. tools you could use to address it in education while people are mm -hmm. growing up. Going back to The Rock, he didn't understand that he was depressed. No one educated him. He didn't, he didn't learn that anywhere. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're speaking with dads and situation. I just had my second son uh, a few months back. And, and multiple times I heard questions asked to my wife about, you know, postpartum depression, which is really good. There's particularly a woman, a lot of hormonal changes that are causing it as well. And, and it's really important that we're doing that type of work, but even thinking, and there's all these times in society where it's like, guys don't under get what they're going through. And you actually see a lot of postpartum depression in men as well. And it's just yeah. like this opportunity to educate a guy, Hey, you might go through a change. And if you do, this is what it is. Yeah. Not to scare <laughs> so, him, but just like, kind of normalize it. Right. Just like here. Yep. And here's, here's, here's some tools that can help you if you're here. Right. <laughs> that's not, but that's yeah. not had right. That typically now it, I think there's some change, but typically men aren't changes. even asked that question. And so it would be great to kind of just see the education about what's available and ways to approach out there. And, and when I say education as well, really, I think one of the biggest changes that we really believe in in mental is trying to move past the simplistic conversation of just therapy uh, and emotional vulnerability are the only two tools available. They're very effective tools, but there's just a lot of tools. So how do we open people up sure. to all the different ways you can work on your mental health and ways to improve it? Because I think if you kind of have that breadth of education, it opens people up. It's like a, a conversation on trauma. There's kind of a cultural narrative that I've seen, which is that all causes of mental struggles and mental health are due to trauma. And if you think that's the case, then you think the only way to solve anything you're, you're going through, it has to be therapy. And if you go to therapy, you're also basically saying, I'm a person who's been traumatized, which guys are particularly <laughs> resistant to saying that. Sure. Um, yeah. And if instead you're like, oh, there's actually all these other causes like lifestyle issues, maybe I, I haven't socialized with someone for two weeks. I just come home and drink beer and watch TV and look at TikTok. Right. That's, right. Maybe that's your issue. Right. You just fix that and it's much more fixable. Yeah. So how do we open guys up and change our conversation where it's just, we just broaden it. We had a lot mm. more nuance and then we enable to speak to kind of some of the uh, guys a little bit earlier on in different ways. Yeah. And, and thank you for answering that question and, and totally agree. Everything you said, yeah, there's definitely... <laughs> Vulnerability, emotion, it's not the only two ways, absolutely. There's so many other things that you can do and other tools that even I utilize within a therapeutic process, depending on the person and where they are. It's kind of assessing, what do they need right now? They need those practical tools. They need like the basics of like, are you drinking water? Are you sleeping? Are you eating good food? Like basic for some of that stuff to, okay, let's talk about emotional vulnerability and all these other things. And so there's more tools, but you're right. I think sometimes it can kind of be very much um, hyper-focused on one or two things, and then it becomes mm -hmm. just about those things. And therefore, it's like, well, I don't fit in that category. Or, like The Rock, if they have no education as to where they are, they're not going to be able to know what category they even fit into at all. You know, So yep. I think education is so key. And so if we're trying to get men to use this app, right? So, okay, let's say you know I'm 
you know, a spouse or something <laughs> of a guy and you know, of a, you know, or, or I want my dad to use it or my brother or my buddy, like, you know, how, how would you pitch it to them and say, Hey, I think this app or tool, you might find benefit from it. So what, do you have any insight on that? If I'm thinking of the listeners that I have that asked me this question, I'm thinking of, you know, a lot of spouses, like how, how do I help my husband or dad or brother do this? Any, any, any helpful tools or things you could yeah. do that might get guys to get <laughs> no, into yeah, this appreciate thing? the question. I mean, a big thing that we're trying to do is again, it's like, who's the app for? It's not for guys who are struggling. It's maybe guys who are under a lot of pressure. And so it's like, we're going to help you deal with that pressure. Do you sometimes feel like you're a little bit on auto- autopilot? We'll help you live a life a little bit more meaning and purpose. We're just going to level you up a bit. It's small steps. And so it And I I think that's important because all guys out there, the most successful are dealing with lots of pressure. They're fine tuning themselves, making sure they're on the right track. This is something that successful guys do. So I think we partially view ourselves that way because that's what guys are interested in. You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'll push harder. I'll level myself up. It's very different than like, hey, you have all these defects and problems. I'm getting upset with you. Go fix yourself. <laughs> guys struggle with that where they're like, oh, screw you. I'm, I'm not broken. And they, there's right. resistance there versus like, oh, yeah, actually, I am under a lot of pressure with work. Mm. I am trying to figure out how to balance work with life. And so I, I think that's one. But it's also so much of what you see in the space is mental health apps and, and, and the industry generally is it's often very serious and clinical, which is pretty sensible because it is uh, mental health struggles can be very serious and medical kind of effort here. But you either get clinical or the other side is you get where it could be a little bit uh, woo-woo or feels like going to a monastery kind of side to things, particularly in the mental health app space. And either of those really tend to resonate with guys. If you see how guys talk to each other about mental health and how do you get them to open up, it's often through humor, entertainment, where we joke and tease each other. And our app is really kind of built around that. I, we're almost certainly the only mental health app out there that made hiring a comedian one of our first hires. Yeah. And it's just like, when you're in the app, it is about having a laugh and a good time. Dark humor. Comedian yeah, swears I, quite a I bit. Agree. Too much. Um, I agree. And that is, uh, because it, it doesn't have to be so self-serious. It can be right. irreverent. And yeah. we want to have fun with it. You should be able to kind of learn these things while having a good time yeah. called mental tainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think of Victor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning. And in fact, one of the ways, if you've never read the book, go read the book. It, it's a dark, it's, it's a hard book, it, but it's, he was a Jewish psychologist, lived through the Holocaust, Auschwitz, Dachau. Anyway, but one thing he found, how they survived, the prisoners, or I'm not going to call them prisoners, the Jewish men that survived the Holocaust in these death camps where one way they got through it was humor and often dark humor. Because yeah. he said it, and I'm paraphrasing here, so don't quote me on this, but essentially he said, it kept our humanity, which is powerful to think about that. That the, the, I think humor in the right time, right? Obviously, of course, right timing and how you use it is, is helpful for, I think, the release of stress and like this kind of letting go and it's opening you up. Hardest I've laughed has been at funerals. Yeah. Yeah, every yeah you know, you share stories. Yeah. A group of yeah. people cracking up in the corner. It's, yeah. it's weird, but it yeah. it is a way particularly the guys tend to respond 
Yeah, and it's not about a reverence. It's you know, it's it's not about that, but it's about the human. I think the humanity. I think Victor Frankl hit it right in that yeah. in his experience is about not losing our humanity in the midst of the of the chaos of the pain of the loss. And because obviously there's times for being serious, right? It's not just irreverence yep. for irreverence sake. It's that yep. balance and and the capacity. So so that's how you know. And let's say you know a wife coming in saying, "How do I get my husband? He's stressed out." Any anything a practical tip you would say like how she could maybe pitch it to him or offer him to get on the app. Any ideas on that? Yeah. I mean, we have built our, the first part of our app is really just built around men's shit shower and shave routine. (laughs) And really it's just slightly change (laughs) your morning routine, a slight tweak to it. Okay. And you will, you could see tremendous impact from that. Mm. And, and that's what I, I think when you try to get guys into doing some therapy, it's these big steps. Well, if instead you're just like, here, slightly tweak your morning routine and you have a laugh and it's kind of fun and you will see really big gains, mm. you'll be able to handle your stress better. You'll feel kind of more alive. That's a pretty good argument to try this app and guys are more open to that. They're like, oh, I could do that instead of going to therapy. Okay, I'll give that a go first. (laughs) That is what we hear from a lot of our users. We don't ever discourage people from going to therapy. I said multiple times, therapy is fantastic. But Mm. we do hear from a lot of guys who say that they don't want to Mm. and they find us and they're like, oh, but I'm finding something that does work. And that's, you know, our, our, our daily dues, which you guess which part of that routine it goes into. (laughs) It's just two minutes. And yeah. it really is just built around just having a laugh and a mindset shift, helping mm-hmm. you understand a little bit, a little gem that science-based or action-oriented. And so many of our users have written in and said, that was the thing I needed to hear today. And it mm-hmm. just sat with me for the rest of the day. I, and it changed my perspective and mindset mm-hmm. the rest of the day where you're just kind of, instead of feeling stressed and you're, it's this threat and you're worrying about it and anxious about it. And instead you're kind of like, ah, oh, this is a challenge that I yeah. can take on and yeah. you're motivated and it's, you're in the exact same situation, but your mindset is just a little different and mm-hmm. your whole day has become better. Yeah. Which I love at the daily deuce. It's, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> are, it's great. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, not usual marketing, but great, you know, great language <laughs> around it. Cause yeah. And, and I've been, those are, I've been, testing and playing with the app as well as a, you know, obviously I'm, I'm sold on therapy. Clearly I'm a therapist. I, like, obviously I'm sold. I hope I would be, although I'd be in the <laughs> wrong profession, but I've been using it just to kind of see. And, and so far it's been a great experience. Like, you know, it's a lot like felt like this, like two minutes of philosophy or challenging your thinking. I mean, it, it really is. It's kind of like bite-sized pieces of like making you think and shifting your mindset. And I, yeah. I, I actually appreciate the daily deuce. I'm not always on the pot when doing it. Sometimes I'm brushing my teeth and then <laughs> listening to the daily deuce. It just depends are on you, are you break in the routine <laughs> <laughs> it depends man i'm also weird i have a poop routine so i, I won't go into that it's a whole thing i get that have anxiety around anyway but that, that's good and the second part which i think is the next piece of the app which is really cool and i've been actually utilizing this as well and it's really amazing and what is that second piece that you guys this app the shower bed it's the first ever guided cold showers yeah. and yeah. When I say this, people are like, I don't quite get what that means. And also, why do I need guided cold showers if I'm going to take cold showers? Turn cold on and then turn cold off and mm-hmm. not that hard, really. And and yeah, the guidance maybe can help motivate you. And we do start you really easy. All the, They always start hot and go cold. It's James Bond style of doing cold showers. You build up from five seconds to 90 seconds, and it's based on habit formation research. And so if you've been wanting to get into cold and you've struggled to do so, it does help you there. Yeah. But really to us and our teacher, 
who guides it, who's a master chief Navy SEAL until he just retired a, a couple of years ago, a combat-tested guy who's sharing stories of what he's gone through. We view cold water as just a training environment. We intentionally stress you with the cold so that you can learn and train all these different mental tools that the Navy SEALs use that are based on neuroscience and then practice them in real time on stress to decrease your stress. And so basically we intentionally stress you so that you could rewire how your brain responds to stress. So it's a really cool and novel kind of approach. Every other app out there, they're always trying to just like calm down, relax. And we're doing the opposite where we're actually trying to get you to be a little more stressed. And <laughs> the best time to practice these tools are when you're stressed because that becomes, the stress becomes your cue to use these tools. And that's what we're hearing from guys. They're saying, hey, this just starting to show up reflexively in my day. I'm like, kids are screaming in the back of the car and instead of shouting at them, suddenly they're using one of these mindset tools that the Navy SEAL taught them. They just kick yeah. in and suddenly yeah. they're finding themselves relaxing and handling the situation differently. Yeah. Um, and even more cool, we're seeing with some, one dad said two friend dads were using it. And he was like, I don't want to do that. It's cold showers and sound fun. But he, two other dads <clears> were using it and they were using it with their sons who are teenagers. And you have to be aware if you were to do that, that there is There's swearing on that. Yeah. But one of the other dads told a story about how his son had to kick the penalty kick at the very end of the game. Hmm. And he saw a son out there, what the son later said was seal breathing. Nice. He figured out ways to calm himself yeah. and prepare himself mentally, and he scored his penalty kick to win the game. And it became this kind of bonding experience between the dad and the son where they were doing this process together that was kind of tough, and guys bond over doing tough stuff. So like the, both the dads were like, this has yeah. been amazing, and it finally motivated the other guy to try it because he had a 11-year-old son. He's like, I'm going to try this with him. Yeah. So there is a, I would love to see more, more dads out there trying that. I, I think most 14 year olds are probably already exposed to the occasional F-bomb anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And yeah, I think my experience using it, the, and I've been doing it just to kind of see what you're teaching and, you know, I, you know, I'm coming from personal, but also my training as a therapist and clinician and training through polyvagal theory and all the stuff that I do about their nervous system and breath work and stuff I teach my clients as well. But it is different because you're, you know, when I'm teaching my clients in here, you know, they're not, they might come in in a stress state, but very different. Like you're putting, you're purposely putting yourself into a place of stress. And, and in a way, it's like kind of these subtle little tools each day, mm -hmm. kind of building up and adding. And I think it's such a genius way of doing it because I'm listening from my lens of like, well, how do I teach? Well, what am I, when I'm with my clients? And, the, and like, I think the thing you said is so key is that no one else is doing it where you're purposely putting yourself in stress to then practice the tool or the skill. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a key component is that you're, in small doses, learning to pay attention to your nervous system. And, 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 you know, obviously he's teaching you these different ways of thinking, asking questions and paying attention and whether it's how you talk to yourself, to your breath work, to all these different things. And eventually they're all combined. You have this amazing toolkit of these different things to pay attention and, and knowing you're actually practicing it, which then I think just gives you that sense of confidence. So when you're in stress at work or with, you know, if your kid's tantruming or something where it's, you're feeling it, you've You've had an experience of, like you said, in stressed practicing a skill. And so yeah. you're more likely brain wise because you've rehearsed this in that to more likely to be successful. That's perfect. Nothing's hundred yeah. percent, you know, transfer, but more likely. And so I think it, it, it's, it's awesome. So it is such a cool piece of the app. In fact, I think I'm enjoying it more than I initially thought. Cause I, yeah, I didn't know what to think when I did it. I was like, okay, what are they doing here? And then 
I'm really seeing the benefit of it. And it's really, yeah. really cool how it's progressing and the kind of like, it's, it's like, it's really little by little adding a little bit more and yeah. the habit stuff, it makes sense because it's, it's not like, let's do 10 minutes. It's like, you know, it's, it's literally, what is it? 10 seconds it's, or five seconds. It starts uh, the first yeah. day. Yeah. Which is like, I could do five seconds, you know? Yeah. And, and then you kind of, yeah. and then you have out. this habit of cold and mm -hmm. yeah, no, I appreciate that same as one guy told us recently, he said, now I just kind of view everything as all stressors as a cold shower. Yeah. And he's like, I know I have the mental tools to handle it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just this stress. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just stress. I know how to handle stress. I can knock yeah. it down. I change my breathing. I change how yeah. my body's feeling. I change my self-talk. I've practiced maintaining mental clarity under mm. stress. It, it's cool to just see that kind of change in people. And it creeps up. Yeah, it's slow. And it's mm. kind of entertaining. And then before you know it, you've kind of learned and trained all these different approaches to handling daily stress. And I'm mindful of the time. And I'm thinking of a last question. Is there anything about the, any preview of what or, or excitement of where the app might be going or anything upcoming that you could, I mean, I don't know if you can share or anything at all that you might be adding to the app or things that it might be expanding, anything like that with the app? Yeah, we are really close to releasing our first journey with AI coaching. So I feel like the shifted morning routine, that's a way to just kind of daily nudge, change your mindset, before you know it, you've learned all these ways to handle stress. The other side of our app that we're building out is how to go deeper mm. if you actually are really struggling with something. And AI offers this enable opportunity to do it in a way that's appealing to guys because you don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to expose yourself. You don't have to share anything. I recently talked to someone who went through, lost somebody, went through a death, and people encouraged him to go to group therapy. So he was, he was struggling. And he said he was driving on his way to go to group therapy. And he turned around halfway there and went back home because he decided he just didn't want to share it. He didn't want to share it with anybody. And, and that's unfortunate because the group therapy wouldn't have helped him a lot. But yeah. there's so many guys who are in that position where they're right. like, yeah, I want help, but I, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. And with AI, you could do it in private. You could do it in secret. You do it on your own. Mm. But the thing is, is AI is going to help you solve your problems, move to a resolution faster better than you're going to be able to do so on your own. And so we have these deeper coaching journeys that are that we're building out that mm. are around helping you with specific things. You know, it's like you see guys who are a lot of them go to therapy for the first time ever because they went through a breakup and they're struggling with breakup. And yeah, I actually have had a lot of a lot of guys coming in because of that. More than you would think. Or they want to be with a girl and they're like, maybe something happened in the relationship and they're like, yeah, I need to change some stuff. And they come in and they're like, okay, I need to actually work on some things because I like this girl enough to, I need to figure yeah, some stuff out here because, you know, she's kind of challenging me to be better or healthier. So yeah. I get that more than you think. It's funny you yeah. said that. Sorry. No, um, yeah, it's a, it's a major one. That and like a lack of purpose, I think are two yep. ones that pop up. Mm -hmm. and, what to do now. Um, yeah. Especially early twenties and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you look at the breakup, the way guys interact with each other when a friend's going through a breakup is we tend to be pretty harsh on each other. It's like, ah, you know, get over, just go out and get laid. You're good. It's like this very simplistic advice yeah. that doesn't help. And the guy no. in that situation doesn't feel helped. No, on no. The flip not, side, no. as we've talked about, so many guys don't want to go to therapy because they yeah. feel like they're men in defeat, which it isn't. It's helpful for you. But if right. you feel that way, you don't do it. And mm -hmm. so then you're in between bad advice from friends or no yeah. advice from friends and not getting help. And maybe you're browsing around on the internet trying to get something to help you jog you out of this ruminative mm. state you're in. What we could do with AI is we could 
talk to you. We can mm-hmm. walk you through, help you gain insight into what's going on so that you can shift your mindset, process, and, and move through it. So instead of being miserable for six months, you're miserable for less amount of time. Yeah. You still don't suffer to some degree, but you can walk through it more efficiently. And, yeah. and so I, yeah, I'm really excited for this AI bit because I think there's just, there's so many people out there that need deeper help and they're not mm. getting it. And it's partially because there's not a lot of, there's not enough therapists. If you're a guy and would like a guy therapist and there's definitely not enough. Yeah, we're the minority, I would say. Yeah, if you're uh, a man of color. color, It's even smaller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that that it's less, if you're a Latino man, there's less than 0.2% of therapists are Latino men. How do you find someone who understands your shared experience in that situation? That is tough. And then you also have to have the money. You need to have the time to be able to go to it. It's expensive. It's costly unless you have insurance. And even, you know, then if you have insurance, it's, there's other hoops too with insurance. I mean, so there's, yeah, there's a lot. I I think this AI thing, you know, utilizing AI for the, in fact, I've done, I'm releasing a video actually on some basics that I think we can use AI for therapy and how it could be beneficial. Obviously it's not going to replace to some Mm -hmm. degree. It cannot, uh, at least right now. But there's ways we can utilize it. So I think it's really cool mm-hmm. that that you're going to be adding it to the app of like, you're right, like maybe the guy's not ready for group therapy, even though we know that, hey, being in the presence of other people and things could be very powerful. But if he's not there yet, what's the gap? How do we bridge the gap? And it sounds like mm-hmm. really what I'm hearing is that mental is this, this it's bridging the gap for guys mm-hmm. who are not anywhere near it, but they're not also any, they're not anywhere near therapy or believing the benefit or education around it. And so they... They need something to get them, and maybe, maybe for some of these guys, this is enough. And maybe mm-hmm. that it's just some bad habits, and and it's nothing serious, or maybe it is something serious. But this is still the the stepping stone to like begin to change, and then they get to a place yeah. of more open to you know what? Maybe I need to go deeper, and maybe I do have some trauma now. Maybe I actually have things I got to deal with that's coming up, or I'm having some other things like depression that's not going away, or panic, or or something else that is a little deeper. That you know, this app is while helpful, there's still something and. I can now have this trust to then reach out because I've been building this toolkit. And in a way, you're already sprinkling in therapeutic tools within the app. I mean, I'm, I'm clearly seeing it only because I have this, I have the experience and, and knowledge of it that I'm seeing in it. But the way you do it is such a, the delivery of it is very just kind of like, it's just kind of floating it out there. It's not like punching you in the face or demanding or shaming. It's just kind of part of like, it's just in it. It's just part of the DNA. That's my experience yep. of using it. So I, I'm really excited and so with that, as we close out, what, like, how do we find the app? Where we can we find more about you and what you're doing? Like, what, what are the details for that? Love that question. Yeah, getmental.com, our website. We love telling people it's time that we all get mental. <laughs> uh, but also, if you search mental in the App Store or the Google Play Store, you'll find us there as well. But yeah, so uh, come over to the website, give us a download. Yeah, we'd really appreciate you checking us out. Well, thank you so much, Anson. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait. Yeah, everyone, go check it out. Guys, if you're listening, check it out. No matter where you are, I think this will be beneficial regardless. I think the cold shower thing alone, the cold shower protocol alone, you, you're going to find great benefit. Even as a therapist who knows these things, I'm finding benefit out of it, if I'm honest. Like, I'm actually, it's just That's taking awesome. me, it's making, it, it's taking me a little step further and I have a laugh too in the morning. And, 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 and wives, if you're listening of a partner, hey, you could always gift this to your husband. Hey, check this out. This is a cool thing that, you know, a lot of dudes are getting into. I mean, there's a ways you could package it. You could always <laughs> give them as a birthday gift or something. Why not, right? Or start a dad group and, and get guys kind of challenging each other in the cold shower and how long they could do it. That's but right. Thank you so much. 
blessings to you. Keep doing the work you're doing. I think it's so needed. And obviously as a guy, like I do, I believe in this. I think it's needed. We need, we need more help with this and getting men in and, and healing men to heal the next generations. And I think that's, that's really what we're going to see our, how our world can change is by, by helping men help the next generation of men coming up and being more holistically healthy. So thank you, Anson, for the work you're doing and have a great rest of your day. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining and listening today. Please leave a comment and review the show. Dads are tough, but not tough enough to do this fatherhood thing alone.